Our scripture reading today is from Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the very word of God. Our lesson from the epistles comes from the book of 1 Thessalonians. I grabbed a Bible to get the page number from you, and it was not one of the Bibles from our pews. So it's not going to help you a lot, but if someone finds that, will you tell me the page number? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. Anybody have a page number for us? Nine. Nine eight eight, and it's actually verse sixteen that I want you to go to. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse sixteen on page nine eighty eight in the Pew Bibles. Hear the word of God, would you? Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ for you. The very word of God. No, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for your word. I can't tell you. Um, thank you so much, by the way, for your prayers and notes and different things like that. Um, I've spent the last days, me and one other guy with 60 women. Now, I'm in hog heaven, not for the reason that you think. Because women eat like birds. And there's just tons of food. There is just tons of food. So I've been fat and happy all, all weekend long. But the greatest joy of my heart is not um, the food, even though that's a joy. Um, it's watching lives transformed. Watching lives, even as Marianne prayed. And, and one of the particular joys is when people who have, have in some sense, walked with God for uh, a season of their life. And, and they feel fine. Me and God are like this, right? We're, we're doing all right. Me and God, you know. I call on Him whenever I need and He answers some of my prayers and, and um, He didn't bother me and I don't bother Him unless it's really important, right? And then, and then God gives you such a vision of Himself. As we'll see in just a moment that, that like the leper you fall in abject adoration at his feet and your and your 
capacity for God is transformed. I was telling our Sunday school class that I, I had asked one of the gals on the retreat to pray for me before one of my talks, and, and I, I was trying to be gracious. You know, I, I gave them warning, unlike what I do with you guys, and, and, and said, would you be comfortable um, praying out loud for me? And, and she said, I have to tell you, um, I thought I knew who Jesus was. And I've discovered that I don't know him at all. Will you help me know him? And I had this privilege that I haven't had for several months of, of um, watching someone be born. Not, not a flesh. That was an amazing privilege. I still remember 19 years ago. But watching someone be born of the Spirit right before my eyes, this is a miracle. It's this miracle. If, if God is who He says He is, if God is greater than we could ever ask or imagine, doesn't it make sense that we're going we're gonna to have these amazing experiences, right? The danger for us is, is that we will um, do the minimum payment required, right? Uh, and, and kind of keep our finger in the spiritual pot and... and and hope that we're, we're at least if God grades on a curve, we're above average in our discipleship and that, and that He will honor that, right? And God says, you, you don't understand. I got so much more for you, right? I got so much more for you. And my heart goes out to those lepers, right? Um, we just don't have a frame of reference. I was going to flash some pictures of lepers on the screen and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it because it was so heartbreaking. I'm already emotional basket case this weekend. And, I, and, and to think what, what they went through, right? It wasn't just a physical thing. You know, you know about leprosy. It was, it was a bacterial infection that led to a loss of feeling and eventually to a loss of skin and and, and, and if you happen to live long enough, um, then, then you became this horribly disfigured caricature of, uh, of a human. And not, not uh, on the inside, on the outside. And the problem in Jesus' culture was that means that you had to leave your family. You could no longer be in, with your family. You had to leave your spiritual community. You could no longer worship. You couldn't live in a town. You remember that, that whenever you encountered another human being without leprosy, uh, even from a distance, you had to shout, unclean, right? Unclean. And, and, and so it was, this, it was the sentence of not just physical death, but of emotional death as well. And, and, and so what happened would be that people who were bereft of every other sense of community would start to find community. They, they would find, guess what, other lepers, right? Other people who weren't afraid of touching them, of being with them. And they would form these communities on the boundaries of society. And this particular community that Jesus uh, encountered was on the boundary between Israel and Samaria, two arch enemies, right? 
Jesus often walked that boundary. We've seen several biblical stories of him. Remember the, the woman at the well, right? He was walking that boundary. And, and these lepers see him. And, 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 and I don't know how, but they, they have heard that this man speaks and, and the seas are stilled. This, this man speaks and, and lives are transformed, bodies are healed. Oh, oh, this man brought hope. And so, and so when they see him, and the scripture is, it's really interesting. We had a blast this morning kind of unpacking it. And I just invite you to do that DBS with it. Ask those questions of the scriptures. But they shouted from a distance, out of respect. They shouted from a distance, right? Jesus! Remember what Jesus' name means? God saves, right? Jesus! And then they used another term, Master. It's almost like they're saying, if you will allow me, I'll make you Lord of my life. Have mercy, Jesus. Have mercy, Master, on us, right? And, and the strangest thing happens. Did you notice that? Did you see it in the Scripture? Because you know Jesus, don't you? And you know what His great desire would be. Mike, what would He do if He encountered a leper? Would He, would he stay 200 yards away? Like me following one of those dump trucks that breaks my windshield. I'm so mad about that. Um, I'm so bitter about that. He would come, wouldn't He? And, and, and He would touch them. He didn't do that here. Was it because there's two of them and He's afraid and two people with leprosy? I'm not going to do that. No... Jesus shouts back, right? Go show yourself to the priests. Many of you know, some of you might not, that in that culture, leprosy was incurable. It was a sentence of humiliating, painful death. And, and, and if by some chance it was, they didn't know that, they didn't understand bacteria, they, but if for some sense that you survived it, right? Um, the only way to be reintroduced into the society was to go to the chief priests and they would begin a seven-day validation process uh, of making sure that you were genuinely cured. You're still disfigured. You still have all these social uh, problems as a result. But they could tell if the disease itself was gone, right? So here's Jesus saying... Uh, uh, go show yourself to the to the priest. What? Uh, I'm sorry, Jesus. We missed a step in there, right? We missed the be healed step, right? He just said, "Go be validated." Now, keep in mind, these people had been humiliated time and time again, and to go to the chief priest if they still had leprosy. They would be humiliated, if not condemned, again. And I don't know. I don't know what gave them the courage to do it. Hmm. I've had inklings of it. I've watched you. I've watched you when you were faced with a similar situation and the, and the courage that you embraced that challenge. Sometimes physical, yeah. Oftentimes social or emotional, sometimes 
sometimes spiritual, that you, you overcame incredible fears and odds and risked something so that you might know God better. I don't know what it was that motivated them, but they went. And one of my most favorite verses in the Bible, I say this about a hundred times a year, um, one of my most favorite verses in the Bible happens right there. Did you see it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to translate, I think, from the NIV. In going, they were cleansed. In going. We have seen that before, have we not? We have seen that before. In your going, make disciples of all people groups. There's something that happens when we risk obedience. There's something that happens to us, but there's even something greater that happens through us as a result. And, and so, for whatever reason, all ten of them apparently went, risking humiliation again. They went, and as they went, they were healed. We don't know how they knew that. I, I would love to think, I don't know, I would love to think that they weren't just cleansed, but they were restored. And why am I risking believing that? Because I know a God who restores even that which is lost. I know a God who restores even that which is deceased, right? I would like to believe that they received it all back. The one thing that makes me think that, that maybe they do was the reaction of one of them. He begins shouting and, and, and praising God, right? And he came back to Jesus and he fell at his feet. This is not master-slave submission. This is um, uh, uh, thanksgiving and praise on steroids. This is, this is abject adoration. I'm using that word intentionally because we're about to enter a season of adoration. And, and, and I want you to get a sense of what it is from this, from this former leper, the man formerly known as a leper, right? Um, abject adoration. And it would be beautiful. I mean, it, it would be powerful if the story just ended there. I mean, thank you, God. Uh, a life was forever changed. A, a family was restored. A spiritual community that was missing this guy's gifts, that was missing this guy's presence, is restored. All kinds of, of wonderful things are happening, right? But the story doesn't end there. And I think that's where, as Jesus always does, He invites us into the story, right? Jesus said there's some people missing here. Right? There's some people missing. Where? Where are the other nine? And we're told 90% of them received the cleansing but didn't come back to give thanks to the... Well, I said cleanser. That just doesn't sound right. To the one who healed. I'm right. And, and Jesus even points out something. Because the Samaritans were not of the same faith. And as we saw in the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? We're so used to hearing that as a good word. It was a bad word to them. Again, I, I, I used a ridiculous analogy last time, but the, the um, terrorists came and gave thanks 
You know, I'm trying to find some word strong enough to awaken and evoke a response in you. The, uh, the, the one you most fear and dislike came and gave thanks. And ostensibly, some of the other ones were Israelites and the people of God who received that same cleansing did not. Did not. And he leaves it. I hate it when he does that, right? He leaves it like So where are you in the story? Where are you in the story? If I could, I'd just like to draw a couple of faith lessons um, from this story. Um, First of all, first of all, oh, this is going to sound harsh, but we are all lepers. All of us, there's something inside of us that if left to its own, apart from our Savior and our Master, will deform us and disfigure us and destroy us. Sin. Sin. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. Amen? Amen. Romans 3.23, right? We're all under a sentence of death. Romans 6.23, right? The wages of sin is death, right? Uh, But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are all under the sentence of death. And I tried to figure it out, but I don't want to get involved in all that controversy. But it's your... Not just your fault. You chose sin. Certainly I did. But it came down the family tree to you. I mean the big family tree. I mean your grandparents. I think I figured this out. To the 220th time. Great, 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 great. You know, at minimum. That's assuming normal generations. You see, when, when Adam and Eve first chose to dishonor God and to put themselves on that throne, they began a legacy which, if unbroken, comes down to you and me. It's a sinful nature. It's spiritual leprosy. Oh, we may cover it up like I try to cover up my bald spots. I mean, comb my eyebrows back recently trying to help myself out here. Um, We try and make it. But sooner or later, it's uncoverable, right? All the bald guys in the room just got really mad at me. Um, um, we, we pretty it up. But it's endemic. It's in us, right? The only cure for leprosy was a miracle. And they needed a miracle. And they got a miracle. The only cure for our spiritual leprosy is a miracle. We need someone to save us. We need someone to intervene. Praise God. We can shout if we feel far from Him. Or in a still small voice, we can whisper to Him, Savior, Jesus, Have mercy on me, right? Have mercy on me. We all 
have leprosy. We all need a Savior. Right? But another thing that I notice, and I, I've preached on this passage probably seven or eight times in my life. Um, it's very familiar to me. It's always dangerous when I'm doing that. But, but I'm so grateful that every time I come to God's Word, He gives me something I've not seen before. And, and I, I, I just am taken aback. And what struck me this time, as I prepared for this morning, was this, was this idea that there's a difference between feeling thankful and being thankful, according to Jesus. Can I try that again? Use a different word. There's a difference between feeling grateful and being grateful, right? Oh my goodness, you guys. My, um, my mantle at my house is covered with cards from precious people who um, thoughtfully over the last um, six weeks just remembered that just want to let you know um, I love you and I'm thinking about you. So I've decided to make it um, Pastor Appreciation Year instead of Pastor Appreciation. No, we're not going to do that. Um, that's very special and it evokes a response in me, right? Some of you are just amazingly creative in the ways that I don't want to call you out. I'm going to look at eyes right now because I'll, I'll point out. Um, and, and, and you just thoughtfully did some action. You showed up unexpectedly. You said, I just want you to know this. And, and, um, and it, was, it was the difference between uh, um, uh, a thoughtful card and someone's physically engaging uh, one of the women on um, our uh, um, experience this week is um, Stephanie Leffler. And I was telling her this morning that that uh, one time her husband showed up um, at my house. When I first came, do you remember, Cheryl? When I first came, I had this ugly blue, it was a long time ago, women don't think about trucks, um, ugly blue trucks. Anybody remember that? Ugly blue Toyota truck. It was like a hand-me-down truck. And I know some of you remember because when I was driving out from Seattle, the thing broke down in Illinois, Burnt Prairie, Illinois. I remembered it's emblazoned on my mind because in Burnt Prairie, Illinois, at about minus 10 degrees or whatever it was that day, the water pump gave out. And so I smoked my way because it was so cold, it kept the engine cool enough. And I smoked my way all the way to Evansville. Well, pretty soon some people said, we have got to bail that guy out. We're embarrassed that he's driving that truck. And, uh, and one day I was out in my front yard and a bunch of hooligans showed up in my front yard in, in a purple neon. And, and, and they got out of the car, they laughed at me, they threw me the keys, and they drove off in another car. I'm not sure if they were so embarrassed by my blue truck or, or I think it's just because they... Um, they were kind, and they gave me a car. Nobody ever gave me a car before. I got a little matchbox car, but I, I'm not at the car. And I, you can tell in my expression right now, I, I'm so grateful for the cards. This is not a plug for more cars, by the way. Um, but it was a different level when I when when they. And it turns out that that had been a car that had been in a hailstorm. And, um, and the body was totally destroyed, and they, they redid the whole body. 
and and the car was fine. It was just the body that was messed up. It's kind of like me. The, the Dave is fine. It's just the body that's messed up. Um, and and um, I was so so grateful for that. It was precious. It was precious. Go one more step with me. Now imagine this leper that I don't just get a card. I don't get a car. I get a cure. Are you feeling it? Are you feeling me? That's that's like exponentially different, isn't it? Well, not, doesn't mean you're not grateful, right? For the car, for the cards. It, it, it's just exponentially great. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Because some of you are under the sentence of physical death and God pushed the shadow back. God gave you a cure. I don't mean to step on those of you who are looking for that right now. There are several right now needing that cure. But whichever side you're on of that, you understand the orders of magnitude difference, don't you? Don't you? It's a participatory sport here. Don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's what these guys got. That's what they got. Now, now, here's what Jesus was pointing out. Some of them, I'm, I'm confident they all felt grateful. Right? And we don't know what happened the other nine. A couple of people in our Bible say we're pointing out. We don't really know. We don't. All we know is that, I'm going to translate this, some gave a card response and some gave a car response. One recognized and gave a cure response, right? Came back. Came back in abject adoration and fell at his feet. And fell at his feet. How are you responding to the one who saved your soul? How are you? Are you? Are you? Are you feeling grateful? Yeah. Once, once a year, we'll kind of go. Yeah. Thank you, God. Right. Thank you. Right. Jesus seems to be saying, "I want more. I want. I want you to engage." in your gratefulness. I want you to be thankful. I want you to encourage. Please don't misunderstand. The verbal things, all those things are good. But let's be honest, right? Even Thanksgiving has become, for many of us, about football. Not naming names or anything, because I would convict myself, right? Ooh, super meal, hon. Thank you. Um, which game is on? It's always going to be Detroit. And how do I know that? Um... All these other things. I'm not. Thanksgiving is a, is just a, a cultural reminder, but Jesus is looking for so much more. He's looking for a grateful response. He's looking for a great. That's a grateful response. Yeah, Jersey gets it. Okay, <laughs> Jersey gets it. It's a grateful response. I want to. I want to just note one more thing, if I can. Probably two more things. But um, did you notice? When the cure happened, in going, in going. So many times you have inklings of what God is asking of you. You, you have this, 
the sense of what he's... And you're in that, that place. Let me just really make it overly simplistic and stuff, but it's like, like that moment where, where you drive up on the corner and the guy is asking, you know, homeless, um, can anything... And, and then the ones that really get me are the ones at the bottom. They say, God bless you, right? Either they're really good at this or they're really um, in need, right? And you have that split second... I kid you not, I preached on this before. I kid you not, last week when I was driving through a thing, the light changed just in time. Thank you, Jesus. Right? Right? I'm sorry, that's almost blasphemous. Because I let the light determine my response rather than the Spirit determine my response, right? For whatever reason, maybe out of selfish motives, these guys said, um, okay, uh, I don't want to be humiliated before that chief priest, but I will obey. And in going, they were healed. I don't know what God is asking of you. You do. Or you have this opportunity to invite God to reveal what he's asking of you. But risk the response, right? Risk the response and see if God doesn't meet you in that circumstance. I want to take just a moment before we close and, and ask you, what are you truly grateful for? Um, let's risk it. Let's risk it. I know it's a baby response. It's a first step. It's not the sum total. You can't say, phew, I did whatever Pastor Dave wanted me to do. But let's begin by opening our mouths, Right? Let's begin by opening our mouths. Will you join me every Thanksgiving? We have a little tradition. We say, I'm, I thank you, God, because. And just to give people a little bit of privacy, let's bow our heads. And would you risk, would you risk speaking what you are thankful for? Would you do that? Just call it out. I'm thankful because. Thank you, God. Yes. Thank you, God. It's a gift, God. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you for both of those, God. I'm thankful, God, for your word and for mm. your faithfulness to us. Yeah. Yes. Oh God, you've been so good to us. Forgive us for the times when we received what we needed, when we received what we asked for, and, and then just progressed on, God, without ever stopping and responding to your goodness to us. As we gather with our families in just a couple of days, and, and we, we gather with friends, um, and celebrate all that you've done, God. Help us to be responsive verbally and any other way your Holy Spirit would, would ask. Help us to give of ourselves as a result. And God will give you the praise and the glory. Amen. Uh, worship team, come on up. But I, wanna, um, I just want to note one more thing from the passage. And it's not immediately obvious when you read it, the man comes back and he falls at Jesus' feet. And, and, and Jesus asks where everybody else is, but that's not really, that's like preaching to the choir, right? The guy, he's asking the guy who came back, right? But then he blesses that guy. Did you see that? Did you see what he did? He said, your faith, and no, no the ESV version, if you're using one of ours, said, has, has cleansed you or healed you. That's not the word that's there. There's a little number next to that word in the ESV. You look down at the bottom of the page and, hear, and see the actual word, right? Remember what they needed? They needed cleansing, but what they needed more than cleansing was saving. And Jesus says to them, to the one, excuse me, that didn't just feel, that didn't just feel Gratitude, but responded with gratitude. That's an act of faith, Jesus says, and that faith has saved you. Nine people got, ten people got cleansed that day. One was saved. Oh, I'm, so, I'm so grateful that God didn't wait for me to understand even what I understand now. More than 40 years ago, he revealed himself to me. And in my little, I look back and I go, oh my goodness, I had no idea what I was doing in my minimal response to him. But it was a response. In my minimal response to him, he saved me. He didn't wait for me. He just saved me. That Jesus is available to you right now. Right now. As our worship team leads us, would you just talk to Jesus in your heart? And when you're ready, join with us.